Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. This episode talks about secret Santa business. So if there's little ears around, you may be best to save this one for later. This voice mess. Little kids, like me. Hello. Hello. Hi, Emily Campbell. And I am Tegan Natoli. We're less than two weeks to Christmas, one week till you stop. move. Stop. Oh, my God. Stop. Yeah, I move this week, this yeah. Saturday. Let's just be in denial about everything that's yeah, in the next I'm, few weeks. Yeah, I'm just, like, not looking at any boxes. Fantastic. Yep. Well, we're not going to talk about any of that today. Good, no, actually, what? What do you mean? It's July. <laughs> <laughs> this is This Glorious Mess. Little Kids, Mamma Mia's podcast with parents, with parents. Well, we are parents (laughs) and we have children under the age of five. There's bigger kids if you've got big kids on Fridays. It's This Glorious Mess Big Kids with Holly Wainwright and Andrew Datto. You can listen to both if you like. We won't stop you. Tegan. Yes. Do you like Bluey? Oh, who doesn't like Bluey? I think it's illegal to not like Bluey. It's un-Australian to not like Bluey. When I started watching Bluey, Alexander wasn't into it. I feel like it's a show actually for the parents because we can sit there and relate. like how The Simpsons, there was something for both. Yes, exactly. Right before the lockdowns, it must have been June, we drove to Orange and back. It's like a four-hour drive and Alexander had his iPad and he watched Bluey the whole way there and the whole way back and I still wasn't annoyed. So good. So speaking of Bluey, on today's show, we're talking to an early childhood producer from the ABC who can unpack all of the bluey magic for us. But for now, of course, we're going to get into this week's Dilemma. Now it's time for Listener Dilemmas. Yay! Best guy! So this is the part of the show where we answer your questions to the best of our ability. And this week, our listener Sarah has emailed us and asked, Hi guys, I have just started listening to your podcast and I love it. I have a 22-month-old and am still breastfeeding and I'm ready to finish this journey before he hits two. The problem is he loves it and I feed to sleep. I've stopped doing the breakfast feed and he will come up to me, tapping on his chest, grabbing my hand and pulling me to the chair. Do you have any tips, advice, experts I should follow that will help with weaning and that will make it a nice transition for us both? Thank you. Good one. Well, welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. Mm. Uh, Teagues and I didn't have a great breastfeeding experience. We weren't breastfeeding each other, but with our children, (laughs) we don't have much experience. However, me being serial researcher, Mm. I went and did some research for you. So one of my good girlfriends, Jade, hi Jade, she is pregnant with her third and she fed both her kids. She's a milkmaid. She's amazing. Yeah. So I messaged her and she said that she used a whole bunch of resources, but these are her top tips. Do the don't offer but don't refuse method. So don't remind them that it's a feed. Sounds like you're already doing that. And she said, set boundaries around places and times that you feed. So this is obviously only for toddlers. Babies should be fed on demand. So we only feed at home, but not at the park or whatever. Delay feeds and hope that the toddler forgets and do an activity together instead. She also did band-aids on nipples. <laughs> I remember one day she did Vegemite on nipples. Someone oh, had recommended but then she was funny. like, but I got put my clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> and just setting limits on a duration. So it might just be we'll feed to the count of 10. And she said, just go slow, be kind to yourself. It's going to be back and forth. And she said, 
Her favorite resources online was a website I've never heard of called Kelly Mum, like M O M American. They've got how to wean toddlers and also the Milk Meg, which is I think like a Meg's a feeding influencer type thing. Mm-hmm. She found those really helpful. And also Raising Children has a really good um, little article. We'll pop all the links in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, we'll pop all the links in the show notes. So I personally, sorry, didn't have any luck in that category, Personal but tips. hopefully that helps. Yeah, I'm a bit the same. Sorry, you probably asked the two worst people to ask because our kids are pretty much bottle fed. The only thing I do have a little bit of advice on if you are looking to wean is just more the sleeping aspect. So the feed to sleep. Mm. Like toddlers only know what they know and all that they know is what we've taught them. So to your baby, obviously, or your toddler, the feeding to sleep is a sleep association and they probably only ever know falling to sleep with a feed. Mm. So I'm saying take the bull by the horns and try and maybe switch that up a little bit. It might be pretty tough in the first week or so when you're changing it up, but it's actually surprising how quickly kids pick up a new routine. Mm. Um, You think it's hell for like the first two or three days, but once it's, you know, the new norm, it's their new norm. Yeah. So they know, oh, okay, we don't longer do that anymore. Yeah. And this is how we go I to guess sleep it's, now. Like you say, similar to sleep training. Like I remember exactly. thinking, oh, like the weeks I thought about doing it was the worst. And then three yeah. or four nights of hell and then that's our new normal. Yeah, it's, it's like taking it. the dummy away. And I do recommend replacing that association with something else. So whether that's a bottle, like yeah. I don't know whether you're wanting to, the child to feed at all or like a toy a or lovey. a comforter, something yeah, like that. That's so a really good idea. It's not just like neglecting your child of any association to oh, go to sleep. Just make your husband do the settling and be like, sorry, <laughs> your boobs don't have milk in them, so you're doing the settling. <laughs> Hopefully that helps. We'd love to hear from the listeners. Yes. I'm sure there's a lot of great listeners out there that have weaned toddlers. So let's jump in the Facebook group and help this person out. Yes. So I guess at this point you could probably call Bluey a national treasure. The show is adored by parents here and even overseas. It's even won an Emmy. Did you know that? Mm, No. My husband only just learned that Bluey is a girl. Yeah, remember our quiz? Yeah, they're a bit slop on the uptake. Making a kid's show is a lot harder than it appears. Creating content that is educational and entertaining is really hard. And to make sure that content is enjoyable for parents who also have to listen to it for days on end is a real challenge. So Bluey just launched a brand new episode a week or two ago. It's called Pass the Parcel. And it's a really interesting look at the way you do it. Does every kid unwrap and get a prize or is there only one prize in the middle and how will the kids react? Very controversial. So controversial and very (laughs) funny episode. So joining us now is Laura Stone, ABC Early Childhood Producer. So first off, Laura, how hard is it to come up with ideas for kids TV that are entertaining and essentially not mind numbing? (laughs) It's such a good question. As the parent of a couple of young kids myself, I completely understand why, you know, we want to factor out the mind-numbing element <laughs> as much as we can. Look, I think that making good children's content is really such a layered process, but ultimately it does come down to the great story, you know, behind the show and tapping into children's interests and what they're experiencing about the world in a range of different ways. And I think that if that's being done well, usually there's an element within that that parents can connect with too and can appreciate even if there are aspects of the show that you wouldn't necessarily watch yourself with a cup of tea (laughs) you can still appreciate that your child is getting something out of it and therefore it's worthwhile so I think that you know some great children's content particularly for younger preschoolers it doesn't necessarily rely on a narrative in that traditional sense but there's always some kind of relatable moment, you know, something new to learn about or 
wonder about or definitely laugh about. And that's what we can really kind of connect with as parents too. And when it comes to shows like Bluey and episodes like the one that aired recently, the Pass the Parcel episode, which I, I think I loved. <laughs> we both <laughs> way, loved way too it. much. I messaged Lee afterwards saying I thoroughly enjoyed that. And it's so simple yet so entertaining for parents. So how do you make sure ABC content hits that sweet spot? Well, I think that kind of laugh out loud moment is definitely always something that, you know, we try and make sure is there. I agree with you. I mean, the past the past the parcel episode was a classic. You know, those <laughs> moments when um Lucky's dad was handing out the five dollar notes because the kids were all crying about <laughs> his version of playing. I think that really is the sweet spot and it is that little relatable story, something perhaps I mean, certainly with Bluey, they're moments that we can relate to from being children ourselves, but now connecting with the show as parents and being able to relate on that level. It's a great little co-viewing show. And I think that is the sweet spot. If we're thinking about those educational elements and how do you kind of combine the two things I think that if a show is connecting with what children are interested in, Mm. you've got the educational element there by default. It doesn't have to be education with a capital E, learning letters and numbers, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. It's what resonates. You know, what do we think is funny? What have we experienced that day before at the shops or when meeting that new friend or when we are at that party? It's having those little everyday moments set up in a way through a great little story that it almost is like they amplify our own stories you know and that's where we can find so much joy and comedy in these little you know bluey episodes that have just (laughs) found such global success Mm -hmm. they obviously resonating here and all over the place which is amazing it's so obvious why because it's so entertaining but obviously with the past the parcel correct me if I'm wrong but you know that was all about teaching kids resilience so (laughs) Is there a learning outcome in each episode of Bluey? And do you guys kind of try and weave that in, but make sure overall it's just a really great entertaining episode? Yes, I think so. I mean, Ludo go through our development and commissioning team and their stories are very much, you know, coming from from their fantastic headspace. But I think, I mean, part of the collaboration with the ABC is working out how best to kind of peg messages in or, you know, include little messages that might link to an early learning moment potentially. And it's just working out how best to approach that really wondrous play-based and fun little moment. But then being able to perhaps a few little things here and there to be able to um, just make sure it sort of hits the right mark from an early childhood development point of view, I guess. I, I think that's probably the best way to describe it. And as you mentioned before, Bluey has had such amazing global success. Why do you think it stands out so much more than all the other kids shows out there? Yeah, that's a good question. I think because it does have that great co-viewing appeal. And if you think about the time and place that Bluey has become so successful, I mean, social media is such a big thing. There's so many forums for parents to kind of communicate with each other around content that they're enjoying I think when you have kids it opens you up to this whole other world of content that you never really engaged with before you had them so to be able to have a great little show like Bluey that we also find so much fun as grown-ups I think you've got that kind of there's just a conversation that goes on (laughs) you know I think often we 
we end up talking about children's shows that we like at our own sort of social gatherings, even if our children aren't there. So I think not only does it resonate for us in the moment when we're watching, but I think it, it has kind of really gained that momentum because adults talk about it just as part of something that they're interested in as well and it takes it to a whole nother level. I think also for yeah. me it's so quintessentially Australian and that's so comforting because yes. it just feels yes. like home because that was my childhood. <laughs> Laura, we have a very important question yes. for you. What is your pass the parcel method? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I thought about this quite a lot when I was preparing for the interview. <laughs> I think I'll have to go to Lucky's dad's way. But to be perfectly honest, I was doing the prize in each layer and I wasn't really analysing it. But I think the reason was when we're getting ready for a party that we generally do every second year for each of the kids, mm-hmm. Preparing for the party is such a big thing and it's something that I would often do with my daughter or my son and they would like that part of the process of putting the treat in each layer. Mm. So I hadn't really analysed the kind of the end factor which was actually playing the game. But, yeah, (laughs) I think that's probably part of the reason that it could have evolved that way and also maybe because... I mean, I don't play a whole lot of party games parties. <laughs> I mean, there used to be apple bobbing and egg and spoon yes. races and pin the tail on the donkey and all that stuff. It did make me wonder, do they still do it these days? I hope so. Pass the parcel. Yeah, yeah I've got fond memories of my childhood. And like you said, sitting down with my mum, like wrapping the pass the parcel in the newspaper. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's almost yes. as Australian as a hill's hoist, isn't it? <laughs> I know, it's so much fun. But I totally agree that, I mean, if you're thinking of children's resilience, what is it like the capacity to bounce back when something's gone a bit wrong and you only develop resilience if you're given opportunities to experience a bit of disappointment and some challenges and so certainly like if you could experience a moment within the safety and fun of a child's birthday party (laughs) and kind of know that look that's the expectation no big deal there's one prize in the middle it's lots of fun just to kind of be part of the game yeah be happy but for your friend. Yeah, exactly. I loved but it. I think that's where the disappointment factor could have come in, and why Lucky's dad started to panic. It's because <laughs> expectation shifted, right? So it didn't have to happen that way. But if you think of real life, it has become that way. So of course, if children go into a party expecting that they'll get that little prize, and it doesn't eventuate, mm. <laughs> then yeah. you can, you know, this is the reason it's kind of come to have this. I don't know, like the commentary around it, I think is really interesting. And I think there'll be more kids who will be requesting to have Lucky's Dad's rules. I love that. No more cotton wool. Exactly. (laughs) Well, Laura, thank you for contributing to such a fantastic show because we are Bluey Obsessed here. And thank you for joining us on our show. Oh, you're so welcome. Good to meet you both. Thanks, Laura. Recommendations of the week. Oh, God. Oh, don't look at me like that. (laughs) If looks could kill, huh? Yeah. Okay, I want everyone to go and buy this book. Okay. It's called Loved People Love People. Yes. It is by Jessica Vandelay. She is a body positive influencer, model, activist, and it's illustrated by Haymill. It is the most fantastic book that got rejected by all 
big bookstores because it portrays body hair and cellulite. And the whole point of the book is is to say everybody's different and then all the major like bricks and mortar bookstores won't take it. And it's absolutely devastating for the women. They've put in so much work. You can buy it online. It's such a fantastic book. I'm so sad. Like 2021, how are we there? This book needs to be in bookstores. The whole point of the book. Makes me very angry. $39.95. You can get it from their website. We'll put it in the show notes. Every child needs to read this book. And I hope that anyone that works at one of those big bookstores are listening and can pull some strings because that is not cool. Not cool. Your recommendation. Um, I saw that. It looks beautiful. The illustrations look gorgeous. Yeah, honestly, really inclusive. Love it. Yes. Um, Mine is. Everyone knows I love a cheat meal, like a something easy to do dinner. Yeah, yeah, lazy mum dinner. So the lovely people at NewySupplyCo.com.au. So based in Newcastle, hence Newy Supply Co. Mike, he's a nutritionist and a dad of two and a husband. Anyway, oh. he sent me some lovely little sauces. So all you've got to do, it's like, you know, Italian pork meatballs or oh, yum. like lentil or whatever. There's so many varieties and they come frozen. You pop them in your freezer, take them out in the morning, cook them in the saucepan cook up some pasta so the sauce is just the hard part's done yes and it's not a can sauce no it's that's sugar. Right. It's not yeah it's not one of like the jars that you know they're very hearty very wholesome and delicious and fresh okay i'm getting some of those i need a bigger freezer remember how i was going to get a big freezer oh my gosh mine moving like mum's like you need to clear out your no. freezer don't buy any more food eat what's in your freezer i just forget yeah same and then i'm at the supermarket and i'm like we probably need more Nuggets yeah. and then I get home and I've got like, oh, 14 seven. kilos of nuggets. <laughs> but that's so good. You feel less guilty at yes. being, about being... Yeah, that was a good one. Obviously, you can just pull it out when you need it too. What the... What the... What the... What the... Parenting! Oof. WTF. WTF. Well, mine's just a quick re-rant because yeah. in case you missed it, last week on Mamma Mia, I wrote a piece about lying to our children. Mm. So all the child psychologists in the world who I know have studied for decades and know what they're talking about. <laughs> so they all say that lying to your kids and saying that Santa is real is damaging. It is affecting them later when they're going to think, well, what else is mum and dad lying about? And I'm like, guys, stop it. Even if that's true, us parents don't need to hear it because my mum guilt list is longer <laughs> long than enough. my arms yeah. and my arms are too long for my body. <laughs> and I need Santa in my life for two reasons because I'm so exhausted. We are so close to the end. And if my son does not go to sleep, I will burst into flames. <laughs> and when I can quickly call Santa on the phone and then he puts yes. his head on the pillow and goes to sleep. And secondly is that the magic, like when we went and met Santa at the shopping centre and he was jumping up and down and he said, Santa, Santa, I not stay at my house. I stay at my cousin's, like oh, Ace K. Oh, like Make telling sure you come him. to the right oh place. Oh, my God, FYI, that's so cute. And look, I'm in therapy. Who's not in therapy? But it's not because my parents lied to me about Santa. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, just... look, I know we're not perfect, but like I'm pretty sure it wasn't because mum and dad lied about the it, Santa and the exactly, tooth fairy. it is so magic and as someone who was a kid and then Christmas was kind of cool and now with a kid it's so magic for me again yeah sure we're probably doing the wrong thing we don't need to hear it just let us just let us oh I can't even I don't have the capacity to care I'm like I just can't even go down that road it's too much because I'll tell you why I can't go down that road because I'm officially my MacBook Pro with 7,000 tabs open Mm. and like 
Jason, my husband, literally calls me Dory mm. because I forget everything. So obviously have boxes everywhere, losing my mind, trying to order Christmas presents and, you know, do 7,000 things at once. But I've actually lost my mind. Like I forget where I put things. I think I've received things that I haven't, like actually mm. losing it. I have not used Find My iPhone more than in the last <laughs> two weeks. And like the places I find it, I'm like, how did it even get there? Well, clearly I put oh, it there. You have but- an extreme amount on at the moment. Like yeah, three toddler birthdays I'm, I'm early start, January. I said to my mum yesterday, like, I'm honestly, it's... You're a bit worried. <laughs> like, I'm like, how am I doing things that I don't remember or like... Do you think it'll slow down for you? Once you've moved Christmas and the kids have all had their parties, birthdays. I, yeah, maybe my brain is just like all the boxes at my house. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what's where and where to put what and where... Blah, blah, blah. Honestly, moving is one of the most unsettling things. And to do it with three toddlers... Four days before Christmas. Yeah, I think that, like, I love it because it's a declutter, mm. but then... Timing, ha- bad timing. Yeah, it's, yeah. It would have been great in lockdown. Wouldn't that have been a hoot, like, to give me something to do in a little project? <laughs> well, that would have been nice. Oh, we just need to get a life. Well, yeah. on that note, thanks so much for listening to this Glorious Mess Little Kids. And if you want a new podcast to sink your ears into, why not listen to What Are You Wearing? Hosts Tamara and Danny break down what you need to know in the world of fashion and answer your stuff questions because fashion is more than just trends it's about feeling good this week they were asked about their tips for op shopping and my tips for op shopping are always go by category so like tops skirts things and then just guys sift through them you really have to sift through them or you go in with a very clear list of what you an exactly objective. want an objective otherwise you literally could spend half a day and just walk out with like Bunch of like shit, some really. cowboy boots and a yeah, weird hat. Yeah, and like you'll never wear it again. <laughs> so either go in with an open mind. If you're a op shop pro, I would say go in with an open mind. But if you're a bit of a junior burger, make your list, go in and look exactly for those items. Also, don't forget, you can get in touch with us at TGM. Email tgm at mamamia.com.au or join the parenting group Mamma Mia Parents. And don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was produced by Michaela Floriano. See you next week. Goodbye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.